What's up, my people? Now, it would give me so much pride to actually talk about the individuals that genuinely don't want to pay. Like, as a lawyer, I would take pride in actually, you know, dishing out the harsh punishment of the law towards such individuals. But those are not the people I've actually come to talk to today. The people I've come to talk to today are the people who are probably having debts. But in all honesty, they they want to pay up these debts. But because of circumstances like COVID-19 and the post-election period, they're finding it hard to make ends meet and their creditors are running out of patience. So today, guys, I want to give you some free legal advice in regards to that. And I want to talk about insolvency law. You get it? Insolvency law is a law that talks about situations like the very situation you're in right now. A situation where as an individual or as a company slash business, you are unable to pay your debts. Yes. So for companies or businesses, if you found liable of being unable to pay your debts, you could be liquidated and i will be getting into that later on and for the individual you could be liable of being declared bankrupt now bankruptcy sounds fancy you will make the papers i assure you of that but besides like looking at the the dire consequences of being declared you know bankrupt and all that I want to actually give you the gist behind insolvency law. Like insolvency law isn't about like punishing the debtor or like being used as a mechanism of debt collection for the creditors. No, it's a law that tries to strike a balance between the interests of both the creditors. Yes, the people who are running out of patience because you can't pay and the debtor's interest. Because we know sometimes maybe because of the pressure in that moment, The data might feel cornered and probably they're not thinking straight and they they just want to like solve the whole situation, like get it out of the way, like get it out of the system. And it's because of that that I want to give this basic analogy, like insolvency looks at that situation like the creditors are lions and the data is a zebra. Yes. So pay attention to that analogy. You get it? We are not talking about a debtor who doesn't want to pay. That is not what insolvency is looking at. Insolvency looks at a situation where the debtor honestly, in all honesty, wants to pay. But, you know, they're they're finding it hard and they're unable to pay their debts. You get it? We we can all be understanding. We're trying to be human here, man. We're trying to be human and trying to show you the humane side of the law. So one thing I can actually give or an example I can give to show you the humane application of the law is even when they are going to declare you bankrupt, they'll place your assets, yes, the assets of you, the debtor, in a trustee and they place it in a trustee so that the assets could be evenly distributed. You get it? Without having creditors, you know, everyone coming in and saying, ah, me, oh, me, I was the first. Oh, hey, my, my debt is bigger. Hey. We, we look into the, the priority of the debts, like, consequently, but we place your assets in a trustee so that 
we can evenly distribute it. It's not about everyone come. It's, it's, it's a grab, like everyone is trying to grab what they what they want. Yeah, so that's basically like a, a brief intro of what we're going to be handling today. So the reason why I actually started out by talking about bankruptcy is I know it's a familiar term and like it would make it easy as an intro you get it like as we we're getting into this whole insolvency bit and in as much as you the debtor can petition to court to be declared bankrupt you don't think it's one-way traffic your creditors as well can actually put in a petition to have you declared bankrupt now what's the worst case scenario if you get declared bankrupt well you lose out on a couple of opportunities you get it for example, you can't become a director in any company. Uh, you can't become a judge. You can't become an advocate. Uh, you can't become uh, a minister. So there are positions of power that you lose out from. And I'm just thinking, if, for example, you 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 are going through a rough patch, you you probably need these side ventures and these other hustles. You get it to to like get yourself back on your feet. So you, we we need we all need to avoid like being declared bankrupt. But if it if it can't be avoided, then you know. So I think the best part of being declared bankrupt is uh, you get discharged of all your debts. Yeah. So what this means? Remember when I talked about the trustee? When they put your assets in a trustee and they distribute to your creditors, and still, what's the guy of balance? Like even your assets alone like they can't you know facilitate or fully satisfy the debts you have hey court will just discharge you of your debts they'll just tell the creditors man like we've, we've done everything ain't no more he can offer so bankruptcy is i would say just one consequence if you decide to take formal insolvency proceedings now what do i mean by formal insolvency proceedings there are two ways through which someone can actually exercise some of their rights as a creditor or as a debtor if if ever you're faced with such a scenario where hey, the, the company ain't coming in you, you know what i'm saying so the formal proceedings are the ones that you know the ones that actually include we the lawyers so there's a lot of court here and there you know so it, it's a bit technical in there but some of the consequences if you decide to take the formal proceedings are for the so we've already talked about bankruptcy that's for the individual and that's like the harshest bit but not every like formal proceedings always conclude with you being declared bankrupt so you you we can either place you under receivership and receivership by that i mean that uh, we shall put an individual called a receiver who will be tasked with uh, you know receiving your profits or whatever it is renewable money is that uh, got from whatever venture it is that you indulge in and this guy whenever he gets the money he just pays up the what the creditors so we can put you under receivership or we can try you know to to get you a voluntary payment agreement you get it like where you sit down and you say 
man but creditors disagree that every month i'll be giving you this percentage you get it so if you if you like opt for the voluntary arrangement or the agreement then you will have to get a supervisor because hey, you also need someone to like monitor that thing so that you don't let the creditors run wild. It, it's very easy for you to actually pay a guy this month and he comes up the next month and says, I never received that money. I never received that money. So we try to avoid all of that by having those guys. You get it? Like, hey, you, the ones I've talked about, the receiver, the supervisor, all these guys are what we call insolvency practitioners. Now, I'll be talking about those guys and their qualifications later on. So on the business side of things or companies, if they took uh, formal proceedings, uh, they might end up being liquidated. So liquidation is the equivalent of bankruptcy to one individual. So, but for the companies, they literally die because liquidation means the, the company is wound up, a shop is closed, ain't no more business. Ain't no more business. So eh, it's like a last-ditch last, last ditch kind of thing. Like, we, we, it, Personally, I, I wouldn't want to like see a company be liquidated, man. Like, I always believe in like giving people second chances. And liquidation is that harsh, guys. But besides liquidation, uh, companies can be put under receivership as well. Yes, like individuals, they also put a receiver there. And the guy will always receive the profits of the business. So they, in that sort of like period, if you're a shareholder in that company, ain't nobody getting paid. You get ain't nobody getting paid until the creditors are actually getting their money. You get what I'm saying? So receivership, that's it. I think if you want to really, you know, understand how receivership works, I can give you a recent example of a crane bank and uh, Bank of Uganda. You, you know that saga, right? Yeah, so there was receivership in there. Then they can also be placed under administration, and administration is sort of like, you know, restructuring, putting putting the house in order. You get it? The difference is with the receiver, the guy is just basically there to collect. You get it? He's there to collect. Now, with the liquidator, you know the guy is there to kill off everything the guy is just he's he's dusting like he's wrapping up everything the company owns but the administrators why do i say administrators because there is an administrator and a provisional administrator and these guys actually they're, they're nominated or elected by the debtor and the creditor you get it like you sit down you agree that that guy will be our administrator so for the administrator, th these are more laid-back guys. Like for them, they want to see the business thrive. You get it. So they, they came, they they come in and they try to like put everything in order, so that you know you could pay your debts and you can leave to see another day. So besides the formal proceedings, the other half is the informal proceedings. And the thing about informal proceedings is that them mainly contractual or consensual you get it so there, there is no need for lawyers here there's no need for all those you know processes that we do court here and there so 
with the informal proceedings basically we're talking about ADR or in full alternative dispute resolution like alternative means of resolving your dispute with that's what I'm talking about so you do not go to court and with ADR it's it's a sort of like a prerequisite even before you go to court so you need to know that uh, as a lawyer sometimes we are required not actually sometimes we are always required to like have mediation reports get it like before guys actually go out guns blazing t- talking about eh, your your honor eh, my lord eh, eh, eh. Uh, we're supposed to see to it that the clients at least try to you know resolve the situation before it actually reached court so this is what i mean by the informal proceedings those steps where the guys don't reach you know the courts and everything you know the money starts piling up yet you don't even have the money to pay the lawyers so here you basically going to engage in mediation negotiations reconciliations and for the companies they even have a better option you get it like yes if the companies decide to go for the informal proceedings they actually have an option of government bailouts but government bailouts aren't actually just dished out like that you get it like there is a basis for you to actually be handed uh, a government bailout and one of that all the major principle they consider is that you're too big to fail what do i mean by too big to fail like they look at the damage that would happen to the economy if your business went down if you want to like take an example uh i would use the 2008 financial crisis that hit the world in the US there were a couple of you know big banks funds and the government had to step in because a lot of people were going to cry like okay think about it from this perspective i don't know why crane bank was not bailed out you know that that's politics in that i probably don't understand but consider this crane bank had way too many customers that had accounts with it so merely just closing up shop you get it like we we saw like the technicalities at day in uh, people demanding for their money at all we have to transfer to these accounts like that's what i mean by too big to fail we're trying to avoid like the the complexities that will come with you trying to kill off this company so if a government is ever going to bail out a business you need to have been doing some major work you need to be affecting a lot or a big percentage of uh, the population where we we can't really afford to lose you so as i wind this up uh i'll talk about insolvency practitioners the people that you ultimately get to engage in due process like as you know you indulge in this insolvency proceedings now the one thing you need to know that these practitioners are actually named after the processes yes so if for example you're going to be liquidated as a business you're more like oh you have to engage a liquidator and if you're opting for receivership which i already told you what it entails then you're going to engage a receiver and if you're opting for administration an administrator or a provisional administrator and for the bankruptcy a bit when your assets are placed in a trustee you will require a supervisor to oversee that 
or if you as an individual if you're opting for a voluntary arrangement with your creditors you will again also require a supervisor now the other key thing you need to know is these people don't just step in you know they don't elect themselves and say we're going to do this no they're actually nominated or elected by the debtor and the creditors like you guys come to an agreement and you elect get it you elect you can even bring up like a list you can start disputing like there, there are situations where a data like you know nominates or probably like brings up a name and is like this is who i want this is who i want and the creditors are like no this is who we want so we, we always try to find like a middle ground and the guy who was elected is ultimately supposed to act in the best interest of those parties so if you're ever put in such a situation you at least need to know the qualifications that such an individual who's about to play a key part in managing your assets at that time get it like what they need to have so for any insolvency practitioner they need to either be a lawyer an accountant or a chartered secretary and they need to be registered by their professional bodies for the lawyers that's law council and law society and for the accountants it's the institute of certified public accountants of uganda and besides that you need to know that uh insolvency practitioners are never below the age of 25 you can't be an insolvency practitioner if you're of unsound mind or if you have a criminal record and corporate bodies can't be insolvency practitioners so those are some of the key things you need to know as a potential creditor or a debtor who might in the future you know end up yeah you never know you never know like you might find your way into the whole insolvency bit or the insolvency law so guys uh i hope this has been uh you know of significance to you consider this sort of like freely go advice i'll be doing this on occasion because i want my listeners to you know at least have a grasp about the law like i don't i don't want you guys to 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 die there in your situations you can't even afford a lawyer because lawyers be wanting simanya billable hours simanya fast pay consultation fees my consultation fee is actually you choosing to listen in so yeah guys anyway it's a pleasure and let's catch up next time